welcome to the RBR Recap. Welcome back to the RBR Recap. I'm Alex Burgos, Editor-in-Chief of Round by Round Boxing, and I'm joined by publicist, interpreter, and reporter Gabe Rivas. Gabe, how are you, sir? Doing very well, my friend. Enjoying this uh, Sunday morning with my coffee. How are you? Yeah, I see, man, and some sunlight. I'm kind of jealous, actually. I'm looking at uh, snow and, and like, 20-degree weather right now, so um, <laughs> kind of cold out here. Perks of being in Southern California, man. But, yeah, we had uh, a couple good um, fight cards this weekend, and uh, we're going to catch up on that. The first being uh, a top rank on ESPN card. And so that featured Hobson Conceição versus Xavier Martinez. Uh, pretty good, like, 50-50 fight going in. One that um, had a lot of good storylines. It was a WBC uh, title eliminator. And in that fight, we saw, you know, after less than five months removed from his close decision loss to WBC uh, Super Featherweight World Champion Oscar Valdez, Conceição earned a unanimous decision victory um, over the previously unbeaten Martinez. Now, Martinez was making his top-ranked debut. Uh, for many of you that have followed uh, his career, you know he was with Mayweather Promotions, uh, who decided to let his contract lapse. And so this was kind of like his big moment. He was headlining uh, on ESPN against a gold medal Olympian and a guy that had just challenged for the title. And so, as Mark Kriegel was saying on the telecast, it was kind of all set up for this young guy undefeated to come in and really earn this spot, get the attention of the public, and then potentially go uh, into a title opportunity against Valdez or, you know, Stevenson, whoever it might be. Uh, but what ended up happening was quite different. So the fight was a, a 10-round, uh, like I mentioned, WBC title eliminator, and Conceição won a one-sided unanimous decision. Scores were 100 to 90, 99-91, and 98-92. Um, Gabe, what were your thoughts on this fight and kind of moving forward now what we're going to see for each guy? Constantia definitely demonstrated why he's the top 130-pound fighter, um, utilizing the same style that he used to make a very difficult fight against Valdez, fighting from the outside. Uh, there was a moment where Martinez was able to connect him with a hook that hurt him, but otherwise it was a very uh, dominant win. As for the division, um, there are a lot of fights to be made, but there are some unfinished business with some of the other belts. We have Shakur Stevenson and uh, Oscar Valdez potentially unifying their WBO and WBC titles. And then we have Roger Gutierrez fighting against Chris Colbert uh, to kind of quote unquote unify the WBA titles. And uh, we also have the IBF title out there as well. Um, so very interesting time in the 130 pound division. Um, would like to see Concienciao against one of these other champions um, in the near future. Uh, as we saw with the Valdez fight, he definitely um, can keep up with them. And in fact, on a good night, um, definitely defeat them. So uh, it'd be interesting to see. I thought it was a tale of two fights. Um, you know, maybe through the first half, it was, you know, give or take uh, an even fight. And so you had... Uh, Martinez coming out pretty strong in the first. I thought he won that round. Like you said, he buzzed uh, Conceição pretty well in the third round, won that round. So, you know, by the fifth round, you're thinking, okay, this could go either way. And I think what Martinez maybe and his team thought was, we're going to see Conceição fade again, which happened in the Valdez fight. And it just didn't happen. He, he seemed to pick up his uh, pace and he got stronger. And so he took over, uh, you know, from six to 10 and outlanded Martinez. And these two guys are two of the most... Um, active fighters per round in that division. And so they throw a ton of punches, but uh, Conceição mixed up 
uh, his feints, his movement, his boxing. He did really well. And so I think at 33, like kind of I was mentioning before, Kriegel saying like people are expecting in that busy division for him to kind of be on his way out. He's had a you know decorated amateur career, I think over 300 fights. I mean, he's he's boxed for a long time. And so we don't know, you know, a guy at 33, even though he only has what 17, 18 pro fights, he's still got a lot of uh, mileage on him. And so, but I thought he did well. He showed that he can, you know, still um, win the fights that he needs to to get to that championship level. And he should be in the mix, like you said, for one of these other fights. I don't know if it's smart to wait around for the winner of, um, you know, Stevenson and Valdez fight. Uh, maybe he gets one more stay busy fight. Or if he can, you know, get the opportunity to fight. I mean, there's all, obviously all these political lines, but you were saying the Colbert and Gutierrez winner, um, something like that. Absolutely. And and you mentioned it. Very interesting. Uh, the other belts as well. I did um, one that I forgot to mention is Kenichi Ogawa. Yes. Um, he has the IBF title. You mentioned being 33 or 33 years old for Consentiao. Kenichi won his belt at 33 years old um, uh, late last year on the undercard of Teofimo Lopez versus George Cambosos. So again, maybe another guy who is 33, who still has a lot of mileage, perhaps doesn't have the amateur background that a Consentiao has, but definitely someone around that age that could make this division interesting along with the other fighters. Definitely, because I mean, yeah, we have just a lot of the guys like on the cusp of, you know, wanting to be at that position where they want to fight for a title. I think Lamont Roach Jr. is another guy who's right at that um, cusp looking for a chance for the WBA title um, high in the rankings and whatnot. And so, you know, you have guys that could potentially make for interesting fights. So it remains to be seen. Um, but mentioning Martinez, uh, uh, I, I liked his performance early on. Like I said, the first half of the fight, I think he just faded. He's young. I think he's 24. So he can definitely still come back, make some noise. Uh, and I thought something that was interesting that Conceição said is, you know, Martinez hits harder than Valdez. Uh, you know, he was wobbled. And I think the third round was the, the biggest punch that Martinez landed. But I think there were a couple other rounds too, where he got Conceição's attention, kind of buckled the legs a little bit. And it was just uh, mystifying a little bit that he didn't follow up on those things. And even after the fight in the post-fight interview, they're like, why couldn't you throw punches or why couldn't you, you know, let those hands go? And he's just like, I'm asking myself the same question. So look, if he can't answer, I definitely can't answer. But uh -huh. we, we saw that it was there, it was there for the taking. And he just, you know, wasn't able to put it together. But would I like to see him again? Definitely. I hope top rank isn't done with him after just one fight. Um, they have a lot of real estate in the 130 pound division. And so I think that there's some you know good fights to be made in and around that division uh, for him. So remains to be seen. Uh, the other fight card, though, on the night was one that kind of flew under the radar, but had a WBC title on the line, uh, which was 34 year old WBC cruiserweight champion Junior Makabu who defended his title against Tabiso Makunu. And that was a rematch. Um, and it was in a small like auditorium in Ohio. It was a Don King card. Um, Pay-per-view was streamed on uh, Fight TV. So, I mean, it was definitely under the radar. The diehards were watching it. It was just a kind of a weird card, weird night of boxing. And, um, of course, it wouldn't be a Don King fight card if there wasn't some controversy. So it was a disputed decision in the end that saw Makabu win uh, via scores of 115, 113 twice. And then Makunu took one uh, of the judges' scorecards, 116 to 112. Now, of course, the big talk after the fight was Junior Makabu calling out Canelo 
because we saw at the beginning of the year after the WBC convention um, that he's potentially an opponent uh, at Cruiserweight for Canelo. And so I want to get your thoughts not only on, you know, what's next maybe for Makabu, um, what's next maybe for Canelo. Is he really in the mix of potentially fighting, uh, potentially fighting the pound for pound king? Late last year, it had seemed that perhaps the a team of Canelo had discarded Makabu as an option because he took this fight late in January. But it's not outside the realm of possibility to be able to return in May to be able to defend that title. So um, we'll have to see some news outlets like ESPN are reporting that Canelo is currently um, weighing the options and that he has two offers uh, for him, which would be one for PBC to face Jamal Charlo in the defense of his super middleweight um, unification. Uh, Undisputed Championship. There's also a, a, a separate offer from Eddie Hearn and Matchroom Boxing, which would be to fight uh, light heavyweight title holder Dimitri Bivol, and then uh, finally have the trilogy fight against Triple G. And then, uh, so I guess you can you can consider him having three or four potential opponents within the next year. And I think that that would be a historic run to be able to uh, you know go up to cruiserweight. Granted, it is against a flawed champion um, because that's what happens when an undisputed champion like Usyk or someone else moves up in a division. The belts become vacant. People start fighting them. Perhaps it's not the greatest champion in the world who wins that title. And we're seeing that uh, with Makabu. But as Canelo has said previously to uh, fights against Rocky Fielding and Kovalev, not only is he about, you know, staking his claim to be the best in his division and obviously doing great things in that regard. He also wants to uh, accomplish some historic feats like winning a light heavyweight championship, like winning a cruiserweight championship. And so he could potentially do that against Makabu. And at the same time, you know, he can keep this a balancing act, move up to the other divisions and win belts and also defend his titles at his uh, home division, which is 168 pounds, which would be that defense against Jermall Charlo. And then obviously, uh, you know, some of those uh, those fights against Dimitri Bivol, which would be another historic feat in a division that's a lot more closer to his home division and would perhaps be against a more um, legitimate champion uh, in light heavyweight than is the case with Makabu in cruiserweight. People uh, see Bivo as really a top fighter in that division, and so it would be a really important feat. And then obviously uh, the potential fight against Triple G. He's a little bit older now, but I think everybody would be in agreement that it's still a lucrative fight, and perhaps we haven't seen a Canelo fight of the magnitude of the first Triple G, uh, Canelo-Triple G fight. So if he could get these four fights within the next year, kind of like what he did following the pandemic, it would be yet another historic uh, run. And again, with the fighter, if you keep fighting and you stay in the ring and you stay in the gym, um, that momentum is another element in, uh, you know, lead, that leads you to victories that gives you an advantage um, against your opponents. Definitely. I think you said a, a couple of good things there. Um, if he if Canelo makes that four fight run, I mean, he's coming off a ridiculous four fight run, obviously, with the Yildirim fight starting and then, you know, sweeping the super middleweight champions uh, and unifying, becoming undisputed. Um, if he's able to do this in, uh, you know, four fights with uh, Makabu um, being like the comparable 
to Yildirim, just kicking it off and staying busy, winning that fight. Sounds kind of ridiculous moving up to cruiserweight as a stay busy. But for me, it's like, you know, he's not this super dangerous fighter. Um, I think Canelo conceivably should be the favorite. Obviously, he can move up. He can win that fight. It's a fight that he's allowed to take. Um, But then to come back down and potentially, or in whatever order, fight Charlo, Bivol, Gennady Golovkin for the third time. That four-fight, you know, group, you know, you could argue is even better than the one that he just did uh, in the amount of time that he just did. So, I mean, there's a lot on the table. That's history. And I'm not even talking about uh, becoming undisputed or going to another division. That, if we look back historically and we're like, okay, well, let's look at the guys that he fought in that stretch. That's the type of stuff that moves you up historically as maybe one of the greatest of all time, which a lot of people seem to want to start talking about right now. I think it's too early, but when you look back and you're like, okay, yeah, he took these guys out in these divisions and moved up and down and do it. And, and it's also going to be dangerous. I mean, we saw it with, you know, Roy Jones, who was so dominant and just started going up and down and up and down. And eventually it takes a toll on your body. Um, and so from that aspect too, that's a challenge uh, for him to stay active and to stay sharp um, by gaining or losing weight and, 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 you know, fighting these different guys in different divisions. So it's potentially um, – obviously a, a huge payday for Makabu. He keeps his name in the mix. Um, so what that victory did for him was still keep him in those Canelo sweepstakes. And look, we've seen stranger things happen. Um, so he, I think it's, the, even though they're not talking about him right now as maybe one of those three offers or one of the three guys and look, to be you know honest, no boxing fan really wants to see that fight. Nobody's clamoring for that fight. But you're going to get the people that are like, OK, yeah, he's going for history. He's going up in another weight class. He's going to win a title. Fine. Do that. But we want to see the other fights as well. And it's not, you know, unconceivable that he's going to come back and be like, OK, yeah, well, I'll fight three months later and I'll, I'll fight Charlo. I'll fight Bivol. Like we've seen him now um, starting to maybe fight more of the fights that we want to see um, against guys, you know, that we want to see him in the ring against. And I'm talking about Canelo. And the Macabo could be a fun knockout, just like we saw with Hopla. <laughs> I mean, right into the 11th round, it was kind of like, all right, it's probably going to go into a decision. And suddenly, boom, fight's over. Right. So we could get a highlight real knockout. It might not be a fight that people are clamoring for, but I think the result will be something that will be shared across social media and television. Yeah, a little Kirkland uh, or Kovalev action going yep. on there. Yep. I wouldn't mind uh, seeing one of those, definitely. So, I mean, a lot on the table for Canelo, and we'll monitor that as the, the weeks pass, and so we'll see. But for now, like we said, Junior Macabu retains his title, and he's in the mix. Um, and I got to shout out his, uh, I don't know what kind of fur that was, but it looked like he's already spending his, uh, his Canelo Alvarez check but decked out in some nice fur as he went to the ring last night. So um, there's that. We'll be back next week with some discussion on three fights, including Keith Thurman versus Mario Barrios, Clarissa Shields versus Emma Cozen, Sirius Sakis or Visai versus Carlos Cuadras. And so for Gabe Rivas, I'm Alex Burgos. Thanks for tuning in to the RBR Recap.